Welcome to the Kinetic Picture Podcast. I am your host, Christian Gentolia, and returning in 2018 are my cohorts, Dominic Toscano. Hello. Joshua Evangelista. Hello, boys. And Hello, our boys. newest member, Maddie Stenzel. Hello. It's Stenzel. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> you're good. You're good. Well, guys, Oscar nominations just came out, what, like a day ago? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll just run through the whole list. This is a lot, especially when the max is 10. <laughs> uh, in alphabetical order, they are Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Those are just our best picture nominations. Yes. Yeah. So, how many... Of these, have you seen, Dom? I've seen seven of them. I haven't, I haven't seen The Post or Darkest Hour yet, mm-hmm. but I think they're good picks. Personally, I'm not a fan of Three Billboards, but I think it'll probably win Best Picture, unfortunately. <laughs> really? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, that's, I actually think Shape of Water will that's win. That's what I thought. I'd rather that than Three Billboards, honestly. That. I thought Shape of Water was excellent. Why do you think Three Billboards, Dominic? Uh, it won the Golden Globe for Best Drama, and... It's a very political film. The Oscars love their politics. Their, they love their politics. They love their period pieces. But I think this is going to be the one this year, unfortunately. But that's just me. I mean, it seems like a lot of people like Three Billboards. Mm-hmm. It's just that personally, I felt like it's a hard left film. Like it's super Literally. anti-police officer. Like mm-hmm. it portrays all the police officers as like almost villainous. They don't really mm-hmm. have any reverence for anything. And I just didn't like how it was like unrealistic. I think that because. The Oscars want to be political. They won't go for three billboards because it's like, no offense, like a white movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think especially with the new voters in the Academy, they're mm-hmm. trying to like use this or not use this year specifically, but just like to set a different kind of tone of the kind of movies they want to like celebrate. Right. So I think The Shape of Water, the fact that it's nominated in and of itself is a big landmark because it's like a horror film. Like the last time a horror film was nominated was what, like The Exorcist? But so is Get Out. That's yeah. A yeah, exactly. Out Two horror. horror films this year were nominated. That is strange. Yeah. I'm actually surprised Get Out is still like momentum when it was released <laughs> yeah. what, like almost a year ago from today. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that is really crazy, Christian. I haven't seen Get Out. I actually haven't seen any of the best Oscar Okay, but you should really go see Get Out. I think it's wonderful. I thought it was good. I don't know if it's best picture worthy. I think the script was very tight and very trimmed, right? So In some parts, I think. Really? Because, like, everything think... that's brought up is relayed back later in the movie. Yeah, but that not that kind of some of the point in a movie is to kind of make full circle sometimes? I didn't really feel like anything in Get Out was exceptional in terms of the actual filmmaking like i thought the narrative structure was like pretty simplistic honestly mm-hmm. yeah but people love simple <laughs> i mean look at apple's design that's all simple <laughs> and people love that <laughs> true true <laughs> i think it's not gonna win best picture no. yeah i don't think but so. i think it might win best original screenplay yeah which yeah, it it's also that. nominated for the fact that it got nominated for best director to jordan peele i think it's a it's a big thing who would have thought like you have Guillermo del Toro and Jordan Peele, the directors of these horror films, nom- nominated for Best Director. Guillermo has already won the Golden Globe. He has all the momentum to win this. I actually think he's going to win Best Director, too. So Yeah, didn't Greta Gerwig get nominated for Yeah, yeah. oh my god. That's so surprising, because Lady Bird, I don't think it was her first feature, because I know she directed one before that. She co-directed that. Right. So this is the first time she was like the sole director of the movie. True. Oh yeah, she's the fifth female director to get nominated for Best Director at the Oscars. Wow. All time? All time. Okay, we need to step up our game. I'm just saying. What the heck? I've okay. I re- I know Catherine Bigelow has been nominated. Oh, right. Yeah, multiple times. I think uh-huh. she, I think she's the only one that won. One of the things that I read brought up is mm-hmm. that Greta Gerwig shouldn't be nominated because Lady Bird is such a simple film. So piggying back on like people love simplicity, I'm I'm all on board of Greta Gerwig getting nominated because I think the fact that she was able to pull these performances out of Saoirse Ronan, Laurie Metcalf, and all these other people, like that whole ensemble is 
fantastic actors, but what she was able to do with them is in and of itself worthy of being best director. But you also have Christopher Nolan who was able to like do all this war stuff, right? <laughs> and then you have Guillermo del Toro who was able to conjure up this fish person thing from like scratch. <laughs> and he was still able to bring out amazing performances out of like Sally Hawkins and Octavia Spencer. So what do you guys think? Like, I mean, I, what I think constitutes being think, a best director. I think Lady Bird had some of the best acting this year honestly i mean while like i didn't like octavia spencer in the shape of water i thought she was like way over the top kind of ridiculous and in dunkirk i mean barely any of the actors even say anything so i i do feel like lady bird is well directed how about you josh i think bringing out performances is a part of it but i definitely don't think that's the number one thing because i think they kind of cover that in the performance category and while that is part of the director i in film i find that the editor is the person who brings out the best performances not the actor and not mm. the director True. Uh, and that's it. in theater, it's not that way. But I think in film, it boils down to that. And then a lot of times, like the director is the person who's working with the editor to get that. But I think it's more of the creative vision and the creative aspects of the film. And I think the Best Director Award should be for someone who reaches a little bit further than Best Picture, which I don't think necessarily has to push boundaries as much as be a good film, while the Best Director has to push the boundaries. Hmm. Um, I totally agree with Josh. <laughs> um, <laughs> that and think about it this way from a political stance. She's girl. And there's this whole feminist movement. So think about it that way. True. They want to see a girl or a woman, somebody with feminine qualities, like with feminine thoughts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. One thing I want to note is that based on what I've read on Greta Gerwig's production, she was able to foster an environment. Like you said that the editor is the person who brings out the best performances, right? From what I've read about her directing, she was able to foster an environment for the actors to like do their best work. Or I was watching an interview with DP30 with Saoirse Ronan, right? Saoirse said that Greta Gerwig would play music while they were like setting up or whatever and like give everybody name tags like everybody on the crew hmm. so that they're not just people that they're working with they're like they're people that's uh, neat yeah so i think it really shows in the end result because yeah. ladybird feels so natural yeah and I think the fact that Sersha is even bringing it up in interviews means it's integral to the fact that it enhances her that, performance. Yeah, and it was impressive on her. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes her worthy of winning Best Director over, like, obviously everybody in this category is amazing, mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's because Lady Bird does feel, I mean, it is simple and it's natural, and I don't I'm, think that's a well, bad thing against it, obviously. I mean, what do they mean by simple? Because, like, Lady Bird narratively, it's sort of simple because it's about, you know... An adolescent up, girl, yeah. like, maturing and then going off to college. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's so much about it that's not just, like, as clear-cut as that. I mean, there are a whole bunch of different narrative threads, like the boyfriend who turns out to be gay, and then the other getting accepted into college. The se yeah, the second boyfriend <laughs> who's, like, obsessed with anti-capitalism <laughs> and Spoilers, by the way. Sorry, oh, that, Josh. That oh, yeah, makes you me need a spoiler it. warning. <laughs> that's, a, that's all right. I... Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I think I'm just like so caught up on the best directing category because I want to be one. But um, it feels to me that you have like two extreme. Like for me right now, it feels like there are two extremes. You have Greta Gerwig who's able to like create this natural environment to make her actors perform well. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have like Christopher Nolan, who was able to like somehow keep a cohesiveness with the three different timelines and doing all these set pieces. I mean, to be fair, from my point of view, I think Christopher Nolan did a bad job on Dunkirk. Oh, really? So like, I think Greta Gerwig's work on Lady Bird is better than that. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just my personal view. Mm -hmm. So like other people like see it differently, you know, yeah. it's not just like, like Dunkirk was a, a really big spectacle. Like it was very pretty. It was beautifully shot, had good music. But like, I think Lady Bird is a better film, even if it is like simpler, quote, yeah. quote, you know what I mean? I agree with that too. I think Lady Bird should win, but I, I think it should win everything just so that we can note that. <laughs> I have not cried because of sadness or laughter since like... I was, I don't know. Like, really? I think, I, I feel like Lady Bird Big is. Big boy over here. <laughs> Yo, I, I think Lady Bird was like the perfect film for people our age because yeah. we literally grew up through that time period. So we've talked about Lady Bird a lot. We've talked about Dunkirk. So you haven't seen any of these, Josh. The only two Oscar nominated movies, and I'll have to recheck because I don't think I looked at every single category, but the only two are The Greatest Showman for Best Song and Star Wars for sound editing, I think. 
Those are the only two. I really haven't watched that many. Oh, you're missing out. There's there are honestly some great nominees. Like I think, uh, especially "Call Me by Your Name," "Lady Bird," and then "The Florida Project." Those are my three favorites. But "The Florida Project" got totally snubbed. Didn't Mm. get nominated for Best Picture or anything. Mm. Besides Best Supporting Actor for Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Oh. I was so disappointed. I mean, if Star Wars is the movie that we've all watched, why don't we uh, <laughs> talk about it for a little bit? Oh, God, I, no. This is going away from... I mean, I guess we can bring it back to the Oscars, but uh, I mean, we haven't talked about it, so... No, that's what, true. What, Just what a you, really quick aside about yeah. Star Wars. Um... <laughs> How about you, Disney did a terrible job. I I honestly enjoyed it. Oh my gosh, are you serious? Yeah, I I love how they were basically tossing away everything Mm -hmm. that was connected to the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. Like, everything Kylo Ren said about letting the past die, it came true in that movie. I mean... I I, guess, but there's no character development in some of them. I... Well, not everybody's going to get character development in every movie. I mean, I think, like, Kylo Ren and... these people seem to be, like, big, major, important to the story. Who are you talking about as which characters did you think did not get character development throughout The Last Jedi? Um, I think Kylo Ren needed more. I think the person, the girl, what's her name? Ray. Ray. No, 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 no. Oh, Rose. 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 I don't I think she was one. necessary at all. Okay, she, yeah. Oh, I agree that she wasn't character but developed. I don't but think, I think she, she was character good. developed, and I don't really? think she was necessary. She could have been totally taken out and been fine. And I don't think the whole kissing scene with Poe and oh, the whole... Oh, yeah. That was... I oh, hated or that. Finn. Or Finn. Finn. I mean, I'm sorry, Finn. And the whole thing with Kylo Ren taking off his shirt, I don't think that should have been in there either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I hated it. There I, were a lot of moments where like the humor just did not land for me. Like when Luke tossed the lightsaber over the cliff, I was like, oh. really? I thought it was a great contrast to episode seven, which basically put everything from the original trilogy on this incredible pedestal. Mm. Like they imitated every moment and they like made sure the audience knew what was like what they were referencing. And then like at the end of seven, like it was an extremely important moment where, you know, Ray finally hands him the lightsaber on that cliff face. And then I just think it's amazing at the start of eight, he's just like Oh, I don't want this. I don't I don't want to be part of this. I don't care. I can see that. Yeah. Josh? I think that this is the second best Star Wars movie. Oh, um, no. I think the third from the second trilogy is the best Star Wars movie, which is another unpopular opinion. Yes, I think it's spectacular. I unpopular love it. opinion. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> yes. I know. Um, I think the first one's trash, but I love the third. Ugh, that's the only one I would rewatch. And in this trilogy, the first two movies really blend together for me. And I thought this most recent one was beautiful and it really separated itself. I completely agree with you there, Dom. And I, th- I think it was just a good piece of cinema. It feels different, but it also feels part of a a trilogy of a broader picture that's establishing new locations. And um, I really liked the world building. I thought the world building was the best out of any Star Wars film. One thing I want to note is that a lot of threads that were brought up in The Force Awakens kind of felt like they were tied up in this movie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that does bring a contrast to this to Attack of the Clones and Empire Strikes Back, right? So in Attack of the Clones, you had the clone army and you had this like impending war happening. So you had something to kind of look forward to in the third movie, right? And Empire Strikes Back, Han Solo is um, frozen in carbonite. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader reveals he's Luke's father. So you have these like threads that can be going to be tied up in the last movie of the trilogy. But with The Last Jedi, it feels like it's the last movie of the trilogy, despite being the second. What is there to look forward to in episode nine, honestly? I mean, I guess you do have like the Kylo Ray thing, but... Yeah, but are they lovers or are they siblings? I don't, well, I don't think so they're either. I, think, I don't think they're either. I think they're really? just... I think they're just two people I who think are connected. Just, yeah, two people who on the opposite sides of the coin. That. Kind. See, that's, I feel like that's why, else. That's why I think episode is, it is amazing because Snoke reveals that Ray's parents weren't anyone special, yeah. that she's not related to Skywalkers I or anybody. I did like that. And then Snoke himself, who is like basically a carbon copy of Palpatine, Mm -hmm. who ended up being a really important character that was influential during the prequels, Snoke's just tossed aside. It's like an incredible subversion, I thought, of just like this classic cliche archetype Mm -hmm. of a stereotypical villain. I kind of want to comment on Maddie's point about Kylo Ren not experiencing character development. One, I think that's not true. (laughs) Me neither. Um, (laughs) Two, I agree as well. I want to offer a 
example of this. So in episode seven, when he's meeting with Han Solo, he kind of like extends his arm out as if like asking for help. But in the end, it was like, it was it was fake, yeah. right? Yeah. But like when they finished throwing down him and Rey in the throne room, he extends his arm out to like escape, avoid this setup story, right? And do you think that would have been fake? I don't think it was fake. I think the, I think that was completely genuine. I thought like, I think the connection between Rey and Kylo is like, you think I mean, it's, it's amazing. I, yeah, I um, really like their storyline. I feel like there should have been more to it, though. Like, I don't know. There just was something missing for me. I really enjoyed the um, how they went into his character by revealing his past as well. And the, and that oh, was a lot of Luke Skywalker, Luke, too. Yeah. But I thought that was the single... I, I thought that was really... Because Kylo Ren in modern day wasn't really in the film that much, aside from the little moments where he and Rey would connect. Right. But there was a lot of those flashbacks and developing his character through what had happened in the past and solving that mystery. I want to know more about Kylo Ren after Luke. That's what I want to know. Um, yeah, I want to know more about the Knights of Ren. Yes. Oh, yeah. And what That's happened what to them? That's what I'm saying with character development or background development. There was nothing after that. It was just the tension between Luke and Kylo. And it's like, well, do you know what he did? Do you know what he did? Fine, we're in high school. Let's, let's battle it out. <laughs> I mean, granted, there are parts of the story we don't know about, but I thought it was interesting how Kylo Ren's philosophy is completely different from Snoke's philosophy in that he bashed him down without even a second thought, you know, Mm -hmm. like... The point was never to take over the galaxy. It was to get rid of the Jedi and the Sith together and restart anew. And that's sort of the philosophy in like some Star Wars extended media about a gray Jedi who yeah, exists yeah, like yeah. in oh, between yeah, yeah, yeah. the light and the dark. I've so, read those books. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like so people think that Rey or Kylo or both will become gray Jedi in Episode Nine. So I think that's fascinating. Has that ever been alluded to by like any of the creators or by Disney? Um. Not specifically, but... Because I know that they're using some books and they're basically certifying only some book of the Star Wars series, but they're not certifying all. So a lot of the background that you read before all of this is not anymore, like the fan books. Well, in the uh, in the Star Wars Rebels show, which is like an animated show in between episode three and four, mm-hmm. uh, Anakin Skywalker's Padawan's Ahsoka, she becomes a gray Jedi. So okay. that's an, an actual canonical gray Jedi in the new canon since they... Got rid of all the other extended universe books. Okay, um, I was just asking. Okay, so to bring this back around to the Oscar topic <laughs> at hand, uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi is nominated for both sound editing and sound mixing. Oh, okay. But I also want to point out that the nominees for both categories are completely the same. Oh. <laughs> so Baby Driver, Baby Driver, I think Baby Driver, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Dunkirk, The Sheep of Water. And Star Wars The Last Jedi. So I kind of want to like make sure people know what the difference is between sound editing and yes, sound mixing. Do. So sound editing is like pow, chow, king, right? Mm-hmm. And then sound mixing is making it pow, chow, king. So sound editing is the actual recording, right? Oh, really? Yeah. And oh. sound mixing is putting it all together into making it a cohesive, cohesively into a film. Really? I didn't know yeah. that. So that's why I think sound mixing mm-hmm. is going to go to Baby Driver because of the f- its whole like momentum is the fact that mm-hmm. it was able to mix these songs with the action, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think sound editing is going to go to Dunkirk. Yeah. Because of because war movies always win those kind of awards. <laughs> See, I was thinking Blade Runner. Oh, really? For, for the second one, you said sound editing. Sound editing. The because record. all the sounds in Blade Runner, like there were some throwbacks to the original movie, mm-hmm. but there were all these incredible sounds. I don't know if you remember, but they're like scenes where they're walking through the cityscape, and there are these loud droning sounds in mm-hmm. the background, and there's there's all these like synth like synthetic sounds going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Blade Runner, I mean, I guess we can bring it to one of its major category cinematography it's nominated for cinematography roger deakins darkest hour is also in this category dunkirk mudbound and the shape of water i think blade runner could actually win this yeah i think it's either blade runner roger deakins or dunkirk with um hoytivan hoytima yeah because both those guys are fantastic Mm -hmm. i think they both won several times i don't know if hoyt won for interstellar no deakins never won oh deakins never he's had 15 he's O and 15 Oh wow. my gosh, that's right. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember this because I was, when Hateful Eight came out, mm-hmm. Ennio Morricone 
was the composer for that movie, right? And he is the guy behind the spaghetti westerns, like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. Sergio Leone films. Sergio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's never won an Oscar for over 50 years of work. Yeah. Wow. And he won for this Oscar. I was so happy. Yeah, I was so happy too. So like bringing it back, like learning about him, I learned that Roger Deakins is 0 for 50. He's the next Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> well, I think it's a bit more than that. Yeah, but I think Roger Deakins is a better cinematographer than Leo is a actor. Everybody's a better cinematographer than Leo is an actor. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, wait. He's not saying. that bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he plays lots of similar roles, but he's fine. I don't think that's a bad thing. I just don't think he's good. Oh my gosh, good. I yeah, love him. Takes. I think he Stop. was really good in Wolf of Wall Street, and he probably oh. should have won for that, but I Wolf don't of Wall like any of those things. I think so, too. I am sorry. I see that face, but yeah. I think he was amazing in Wolf of Wall yes. Street. I <laughs> thought Dominic did didn't like job. that. You no, I like thought that? he was fine in Wolf of Wall Street. I just thought that The Revenant, like you guys disagree with me when I said I liked his performance in The Revenant more than Wolf of Wall Street because like it was just so much more of a challenge and you went through so much more. Yeah, I, but just because you sleep in a dead carcass <laughs> doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you get you, the Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> that to me is dedication to acting. That to me is like delivering a good performance when the times are tough. Mm, Josh, fellow I think, actor. Okay, first of all, I don't think a lot of the things that they say happened on The Revenant set actually happened i think a lot of it is marketing um Ooh. that's a personal thing I, I i mean i've read a couple of people who agree with that but that that's just what i think and i also blame uh alejandro garcia alejandro gonzalez gonzalez in your e2 yeah the, the director for how little i liked uh, leonardo dicaprio's performance <laughs> because he didn't speak a lot <laughs> And I think speaking is really important. Not, not necessarily. Uh, I mean, I to so. be fair. Emotion is good, too. He just looked pain the entire movie. That's all I got. Pain and more pain and anger. And oh, now he's smart. Pain. I mean, I guess since we're talking about a leading actor, why don't we talk oh, about over there? for the lead this actor roles? Um, Even though I haven't seen any of these performances, I'm going to have very strong opinions. He's going to use this previous Okay, knowledge. so that's the, exactly right. So for the people at Home. The nominees for lead actor are Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread, Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. I apologize if I butchered any of these names. <laughs> did you guys know that Gary Oldman has never won an Oscar? I know. I what a crime. And I think he's going to win this year. Yeah, me too. I know he's going to win this year. I'm going to bet money on that. Oh, oh, don't wow. do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> then he won't win. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> but exactly. he's won. Okay. He's won Every other like award ceremony prior to the Oscars, like the Screen Actors Guild, Golden Globes, Golden Globes, stuff like that. So you're saying it's time. It's his time. I think it's his time. Two things I want to know: Denzel Washington being nominated. Mm -hmm. This isn't a knock on Denzel Washington, but I think it's a slight against the James Franco allegations for oh. sexual harassment. Because I honestly thought he was going to be the fifth guy nominated for lead actor. Oh. Oh, yeah. For the disaster artist. I can see that. Oh, uh, yeah. But, I mean, I didn't hear anything about Denzel Washington in, in this movie. I, I didn't <laughs> even watch it, but I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, because James Franco won the Golden Globe for yeah. Best Actor in a Comedy. In a comedy. Yeah, but nobody would let James Franco win because of all of these allegations. Yeah, <laughs> and then another thing I want to note is Daniel Kaluuya in Get Out. That's I, a weird choice. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I, think he was very good. I thought it was good, but he was like, he wasn't the greatest or the best. Yeah, not Oscar worthy. Yeah, not Oscar worthy. I thought the hypnosis scene was pretty decent, though. Like when he was getting hypnotized and he started crying and all that. I thought that was fine. Yeah, I guess. I thought it was yeah, good. Yeah, but you just stare and you add True. some little tears and yeah. then the rest who, is all cinematography. If you were going to take out Daniel Kaluuya, who would you put in? I'd put James Franco, I think. Oh, James Franco? You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've only watched one out of these movies, so I don't really have anything to say. I mean... I think Timothy was great in Call Me By Your Name, and he was also great in Lady Bird because he played the edgy boyfriend. <laughs> I liked him more in Lady Bird. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I just liked it more. One of the snubs I've heard is Army Hammer for supporting yes, actor. Yes, he was fantastic. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Do you think so? How about Best Actress? Best Actress, don't forget the ladies. Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water. Frances McDormand for Three Billboards. Margot Robbie for I, Tonya. Oh. Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird. And Meryl Streep for The Post. I'm so tired of Meryl Streep getting I'm nominated. I'm done with Meryl. That's 20 nominations, I think. I think it was 21, actually. 21? Yeah, because she broke her record. Dear God. Like, okay, she's good, but like, <laughs> there's so many other female actors that deserve nominations, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, appreciate somebody else. 
I uh, just want to comment that Margot Robbie and Itonia, mm-hmm. she nailed Tanya so well. She was spot on. If you've ever seen any of the interviews, she was Tanya, no doubt. Okay, this is something I want to bring up. Does imitation mean no, good acting? No, 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 not always. No, I was just saying I was appreciating her and how well she did with this biopic, basically. Cause but no, it does not lead into good imitation of what the director wants and what goes into the film and how it's set up is better than imitating a real life person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Josh? Completely agree with that. I think imitation is the easiest thing to do yes. as an actor. Right. And I don't think Margot, Ruby sh- Margot Robbie should win for no. Tanya, but for completely separate reasons. Yeah. It's a per- personal vendetta. Um, oh, oh, <laughs> wow. please explain. I think that I don't want to see another biopic. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like a personal vendetta against Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah. No, I also she's amazing. She's fine. This is the first movie she's ever been in where it was like, okay, this is a role that could get her a nomination. Yeah, she got I nominated think... for Wolf of Wall Street. Did she really? Did wow. she? I think right. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. That sounds you. right, but I can't remember. I don't think she deserved that. No. Okay. No. I mean, yeah. she was hot, but that's about it. Yeah, that's, yeah. That was her entire character. Yeah. I like Margot, but I don't think she's Oscar worthy yet. No. Oh, she hasn't mind. been in I that lied. part yet. Oh, she, she wasn't. No. No, she hasn't been in an Oscar worthy part, and so I don't think she's like good enough for nomination. I hope that the uh, the other girl in I Tanya wins the supporting actress. Oh, she Allison. won the gold, gold oh. Globe, right? Oh, Allison Janney. Yeah, oh, she was excellent. Goodness, yeah, supporting actress. Okay, I haven't watched I Tanya, but I thought Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird was amazing. Yeah, I thought she was really good. I thought she was. I'm hoping the lead of Lady Bird wins Best Actress. I don't remember her name, but that's who I'm hoping wins Best Actress. Oh, Sasha Ronan. <laughs> well, we know Frances McDormand is going to win Best Actress. Yeah. Who is? Do we know that? Do we? Dom- she yeah, won we do. for she won the Golden Globe, and she's won other. She's won the SAG. Yeah. Won- yeah, but they could really take it for a turn. The thing that makes me weary about that is because the screen actor or screen actors is it screen mm-hmm. actors yes is the voters are comprised of actors so mm-hmm. the actors are voting for each other so the fact oh. that the actors themselves chose francis mcdormand over yeah. saoirse and margo or it's kind of right. impending doom <laughs> but anyways back to supporting actress I, I guess we should list them all mary j blige in mudbound it's on Netflix, guys, so there's no Ooh. excuse not Ooh. to see it. been meaning to watch it. Haven't yeah. had a chance yet. Watch it with me, Dominic. I'm going to watch three <laughs> Oscar-dominated films. Allison Janney and I, Tanya, Leslie Manville and Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer in The Shape of Water. These are supporting actresses, right? Yes. Okay. So I've heard so much good about Allison Janney being the mom. Right. And then what I've witnessed was Laurie Metcalf being an amazing mother in Lady Bird. My understanding is those are the two frontrunners. Mm-hmm. It's between yeah, them. Yeah, but again is acting all down just to imitation because then Janie would lose out. But I mean, there's even if you're playing a character, you can do acting. It's in addition to. Otherwise, all these biopic actors would not have an advantage. But you can imitate and also give an incredible performance. Josh, okay. I want to ask you because you're an actor. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so if you call me that. <laughs> <laughs> so these are like supporting actors, supporting actresses, like best supporting actress. Mm-hmm. Like... Do you think that being the best in that position means that your performance overshadowed the main actor slash actress? Or is it just being useful with or making the most of your limited time on screen? That's a really good question. The answer is the second one. Oh, really? But it's possible to overshadow the lead actor Mm -hmm. and not mean to Mm -hmm. uh, just because. And but that's when the lead actor just can't compete at your level. You shouldn't bring down your own performance because someone else can't match it. However, you should do everything you can to help the other person. How do you tell if the other person can't match your level or you or can you tell if you can't match their level? And how does that work out? I can tell personally in like if I'm the actor and if I'm working with someone, and it's also really easy to tell in theater. It is so easy to tell because really? they're, they're right next to each other. You can you can see the way with they interact, little mm-hmm. things that are belying. You, you, have, you would have to try really hard, rewatch a lot, and probably even be on set for it in order to tell in a film. Mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would not be able to watch, even after 10 rewatchings, I would not be able to tell you if they were really helping them out. The only way I could think to kind of get that idea for yourself is look at their past films see if they've worked together before th- read 
uh, and listen to interviews because it's as an actor you know when someone's not helping you out and <laughs> you can feel it <laughs> like it, it's it's easy to see mm-hmm. um it's easy to see for you it's so hard to see in film because i mean half the time they're not even in the same room when they're shooting the scene true true so yeah. it makes sense and it also means that it's less likely to happen in film because a lot of film acting is completely yourself and not bouncing off other people like it is in theater so it's less likely to happen but it still does happen and it's hard it's hard to tell Mm -hmm. Hmm, i like that that was good insight yeah so i guess we can go to supporting actors so we have willem dafoe in the florida project woody harrelson for three billboards richard jenkins in the shape of water christopher Plummer in all the money in the world and then Sam Rockwell in Three Billboards. The thing is, Willem Dafoe has always been like the favorite for this category. Right? I don't. I don't think so because Sam Rockwell won the. Oh Golden right, Globe. you're. I am. Compl- I'm. And I actually, yeah. think it's between Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards and Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World. No way. Because Christopher Plummer was brought in. Like, yeah. there's been a lot of hype around his performance because I don't know if you guys know this, but he was called in to replace Kevin Spacey, and he filmed oh. all of his scenes within oh. three weeks. That's right. I did hear about that. Yeah. So he and had to eight, get it together. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, and he's 88 years old too. I think he's very oh, old. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, then that means he has experience. <laughs> like he knows how to get it together real fast. <laughs> like. So I think it's gonna be one of them. Although I did love Willem Dafoe in, in Florida, Florida Project. Project. The thing that shocked me the most about this is the fact that three billboards had two actors for best supporting actor. Yeah. And I, then. I think they were both. Like in Three Bulbs, I think both those performances were good. I just didn't like the actual characters, and mm. I don't think they made sense, like in terms of like how they acted. Okay, that actually brings up a good point. If the character, the written character is bad, mm-hmm. but the performer does it well. You mean like does the character well? Yeah. How it's then I still think it's good acting. Yeah, I don't. I agree. You don't? I, I mean, it's, I think it's good acting, but I don't think it should win. Oh, really? Oh, because if you have the insight to tell that this character was acted poorly, then it wasn't acted well. If you have the insight. If you can tell that, oh my goodness, this is a bad character. If you oh. can tell that, then they didn't do a good enough job. Yeah, but maybe they don't want to like step on the director's toes or the writer's toes and say, hey, I'm going to change this. Well, that's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that does happen. Yeah. It do- absolutely does happen. But No, it's... yes, but I mean, maybe this person didn't have enough confidence to go to them and say, hey, your character is like, not good. Yeah, I don't agree with that because it's not like the actor can control like specific narrative is. things about their character, you mm-hmm. know? They can only control like how they react to things. And like even though that's convincing, it can't fix like an actual plot hole. I'm not saying if the character like doesn't make sense, like, oh, why is he I don't know, I can't think of an example, but if the character is like filling a plot hole or it doesn't matter to the story, mm-hmm. the actor can still be good by presenting a really good character. But if there's like some flaw with the character, not like a a moral flaw, but like his tick is really distracting. That's well that's an not what I mean. Problem. I, okay, I think, I, I think we may be talking about I think, different. I think, yeah, the, yeah I think. I the, think he's saying that he's playing the bad actor well, like the bad character. The bla- bad. Yeah, character you can play well, a bad guy and be an amazing actor. No, I'm not talking uh, about a bad guy. I'm talking I, about the actual character who does things that don't make so, sense. So to make sense of this, I think um, what you're trying to say, Dom, mm-hmm. is that there is a. I mean, yeah, there is a separation between character and acting. But what I think what Josh is trying to say is that if their acting isn't good enough to hide the fact that they have a bad character, then it's not good acting in the first place. I don't think it's even is possible that, to... Is that what you're saying, Josh? I'm going to throw a word out there that we use a lot in the, in the theater, um, <laughs> and it's called uh, and justification. If an actor can't justify what their character does, then I think it's bad. So like, if Woody Harrelson shoots a guy and you're like, well, why did he shoot the guy? That doesn't make sense. That was some bad acting. There, Woody Harrelson should have done something beforehand, even if it's not in the script, even if it's introducing some sort of mental tick. There has to be a reason he said it, and either it's an indicator of a really bad script that the actor wasn't able to redeem, which happens, but I don't think those people usually win Oscars, or the actor was not able to justify his character's actions. Hmm, that's mm. interesting. I never thought about it that way. That seems like it would be incredibly hard, though, if your character is written poorly. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for everybody with a bad like, script. Like, absolutely impossible, yeah. honestly. And the fact that you'd have to go through an editor, too. Exactly. Who could yeah. yep. take whatever nuances you bring to the table and just yeah goodbye that's that's what i was talking about earlier with a good actor is made by the editor okay Hmm. going down the list do we want to talk about best animated feature we already know it's gonna be coco 
That's I what mean, I think too. I, yeah. The boss baby. Wait, are you serious? I thought that was great movie. I, I like the I think beginning. She's joking. <laughs> I watched the okay. beginning. I really thought it was great. Oh but gosh. I heard it was horrible. Wait, wait. The boss but baby or Coco? The boss baby. Well, it's definitely going to be Coco. I thought it was great. Wins. I thought Boss Baby was great. Now, I don't know for Oscar, but I thought it was good. And I haven't seen Coco, so I can't. Oh my gosh, Coco. Well, I haven't seen either. It's just that. I, <laughs> but we know, I've we heard know. so many bad things about Coco. I mean, so I think. Oh, oh really? Kinda... I've heard conversely oh, yeah. about ba- Boss Me Baby. Too. I've heard Boss Baby's really bad. I think this is like one of the rare years where a Disney film wins and it deserves to win. Yeah. Like, you've Coco, seen Coco. Yeah, Coco was amazing. Really? Yeah, like I thought, Boss Baby the, just brought it all to the I've, table. I've heard so many bad things about Boss Baby. I've heard so much bad stuff about Boss Baby that let's all watch Boss Baby tonight. Let's go. It's on Netflix. Is it really? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah let's watch. Oh my goodness. Let's watch Boss Baby. I'm I can't totally. Down I to can't watch believe the, the Emoji Movie got snubbed for best oh anime and for the. Ra- I think it got snubbed at the Razzies too. Really? Yeah. Really? So it, it's not even. Wow. Worth, that sucks. Didn't um, even get a Best Picture nom. What the mm-hmm. heck? Life is hard. <laughs> I guess another major category, adapted screenplay. So there's Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, Molly's Game, Mudbound, and Logan. I'm Logan. so surprised Logan got I'm nominated. So, wow. I'm happy. I yeah. thought Logan was great. Yeah. I, I'm I'm just like astounded at the fact that he remembered this movie and like <laughs> thought it worthy enough to freaking be nominated. I mean that's real yeah, that is really weird, actually. And it's not just like It you, makes sense though. There are some really good comic book movies that are yeah. adapted from comic books. But the thing is, like, usually comic book movies are just known for like their visual effects yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. right? Yeah. But this was noted for its story, and it's the only nomination it got so like i don't know if it's a changing because of like the different voters in the academy mm-hmm. or if i mean I, I it's obviously a testament to logan itself but i think it, it, it's noteworthy that logan is known for its writing yeah i highly doubt that any other comic book film has been nominated for screenplay before uh, yeah I, think right. I can't think of any have you guys watched Molly's Game? I no. haven't. Okay, no. good. You don't need to. Really? <laughs> oh my gosh. What a waste of two hours and 30 minutes of my life. <laughs> gosh. It's, Aaron Sorkin needs a director. <laughs> like somebody to rein him down because letting him have just like total control of everything was... For ugh. those that don't know, this was Aaron Sorkin's directorial debut. And he wrote the script too. Oh boy. So <laughs> He's a jack of all trades. I think based on what I've heard is that Call Me By Your Name is actually the favorite to win for this category. And I think it deserves it. it you think it deserves it? I haven't watched it, so I can't comment on so that. so good. It's so good. I guess moving on to the opposite side, original screenplay. We have The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. I want Lady Bird to win. I, I think it'll will. be three. I think it'll be three billboards. Think? I want Lady Bird to win, but I think it might be three bullets as well. Yeah, but why? Just based on what has Just come because like there's so much hype around it. Everybody loves it. Yeah, I mean, but it's a very political film. Lady Bird too. I don't think Three Billboards will win Best Picture, but if it doesn't win Best Picture, I can almost guarantee it'll win Best Original Screenplay. I think it goes back to what Christian said about people thinking Lady Bird is too simple compared to something like Three Billboards. Yeah. yeah. Like they're just more narrative twists in Three Billboards, honestly. Okay. Honestly, I could see Get Out winning. I could yeah, too. That's what I was going to say next is that Get Out. Yeah, that's all it has going for it. Like, no Honestly, offense yeah. to Best Act, Daniel Kaluuya, and the Best Picture nomination, but I feel like this is like the category it will win if it wins yes. anything at all. That's true. Yeah. One thing to note about The Shape of Water is that it has been like brought up that there was a short film a couple of years ago, I think in 2005 oh, or 2015. I, I saw that post. Yeah, where a lot of the aspects of Shape of Water, like the story elements are similar to that short film. Yeah. So people have been pulling out this plagiarism card against Shape of Water. But the thing is, yeah. The Shape of Water has been in production way longer. Yeah. And the idea like came from a dinner that Guillermo del Toro had with a friend in 2011. That friend was the creator of that short film. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, so it, it, it's honest like he what could Gear- have just taken it. Yeah, from- what del Toro said he he was he's been asked about this obviously. Well, they, they talked yeah, about exactly. it. Like the two of them talked about it. It wasn't just like they both randomly did their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like it's in black and white where you can tell who did it first. Yeah. Like for engineers, you know how you have to date what you developed so that if you talk about it with somebody Mm -hmm. else, you can go back and say, hey, I developed this first. It's not like that with them. Mm -hmm. With words, it's just words. Anybody could have said anything. Mm. Let's see. I think the next thing we should go to is I really want to talk about best original song. (laughs) Uh, I Yeah. Isn't it going to be the greatest showman? Yeah. 
I yeah, don't know what we're gonna I, do. Yeah, it okay. might be. So the five categories for this are Mighty River from Mudbound, Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name, Remember Me from Coco, Stand Up for Something from Marshall, and This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. It's gonna be Greatest Showman. It's probably gonna be Greatest Showman. It's gonna and be. Coco. I think. Like one of those two. Initially, I was astounded that Remember Me didn't win Best Original Song at the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. But I recently watched The Greatest Showman, and This Is Me. Oh my goodness, it was so he good. Loved it. <laughs> okay, there's a video on YouTube where Hugh Jackman and the director and a bunch of the other actors they had to like perform in front of Fox executives to oh, get yeah, the yeah. film oh, greenlit. Wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. And I don't remember her name. Hold on, let me look it up. The actress who sings... Oh, the, the the bearded lady? Yeah, the bearded lady. The actress who sings This Is Me. They took video of, of her performance when she was performing from the executives. Her name is Keela Settle. You could... Oh my goodness. Like, you could feel the emotion really? in that. Like, there's no editing. There's no... It's just literally just a camera tracking her while she's singing. And you can feel... I don't know if I'm just being... If I'm just being biased because I really like the song, but you can feel the energy from her. You see, like she was crying. She was getting all of her actors standing up with her. It's not, I think that- She's performed really well. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I, I think it's one of the worst songs in the movie, but it is wow. performed, like just the writing. Yeah. But it's performed so spectacularly. It makes sense to be the, the nominee and winner. Yeah. Hmm. To note about Coco- Remember me? I thought it was I thought it was a great song. And at the end of the movie they do a rendition of it. Spoilers. And I thought that was like the best rendition. Because they do they do like three different versions of the song within the movie. And I thought it was really cute. The people who wrote the song were the same writers for Frozen. Oh, so, oh okay. Um, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let so, that go. And it tugged my emotional heartstrings. So I thought it was like a shoe in for because it's also a Disney song too. So it had that going for it. But the fact that the greatest show like like okay, I'm really going off on The Greatest Showman. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> one of the things to note about this movie is that when it first opened, it opened less than a hundred than ten million dollars. It opened at eight million with a production budget of eighty four million, right? Oh my gosh. I was my in Lord. that eight million. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> but since then it's grossed over a hundred million domestically. Wow. So So you can imagine what it's doing for Yeah. It. it has a lot of like good word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's just like a me I think it's the only movie to do that, to open less than ten million, but gross more than a hundred million in the United States. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that that's all I have to say about original song. The other I haven't watched. Wait, what do you guys think of Call Me By Your Name, The Mystery of Love? I I don't even remember that song. I don't either. <laughs> I don't. Nice. I don't, I don't have Good a song. I don't even remember there being a song in Call Me By Your Name. It so It could have been silent. I can't wait to see these performances live at the Oscars, though. Like, <laughs> You don't have to watch the YouTube video. Just wait until the Oscars and see... Keila Subtle perform this. It is going to be the best. Oh, man. I am so hyped for this performance. Like, <laughs> oh. Okay. Like, so what I, about best score? Okay, list let me them. let me list, list these. Yeah. Dunkirk with Hans Zimmer, Phantom Thread with Johnny Greenwood, Shape of Water with Alexandre Desplat, Star Wars: The Last Jedi with John Williams, <laughs> and three billboards with Carter Burwell. I don't think Star Wars should be in here. Yeah. <laughs> me neither. I'm really unimpressed with the music in the new trilogy. It feels like. It, it's just callbacks to the yeah. original. Exactly. Meanwhile, yes. the prequels had so much original music. Yep. Like, say what you want about them, but like, they had good music. Yeah, like Duel of the Fates. Duel yeah. of the Fates is iconic. And but the thing is, it's still John Williams. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it's like maybe dis- they're trying to call back. Maybe it's something in the storyline that they wanted that they wanted to call back to. Yeah, but, but like, they're not but doing I it. I don't think it should win. I don't even. Yeah, think I don't think it should there. be even be on the list. No. It's just like the original trilogy music with some added flutter. You yeah, know? <laughs> it's like he got tired and he was like, "Oh, just do whatever and yeah. do that, and just add whatever we already produced." Exactly. This is a question I want to ask. With best original score, do you think that to be best original score, it's just the composition of the music, or the, how the music is used in the film? I mean, on I think a, it's both. Both, because obviously sound mixing does incorporate the use of music in the film. But do you think an aspect of being best original score should incorporate that? I think it should just be the music on its own, not necessarily how own. it's used. Like I think Dunkirk had great music, but I didn't like how it was used. Mm. Because it just played nonstop on repeat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you, Josh? Um, I think if we were going with just flat out only the score, 
been Greatest Showman would have been nominated. I don't think so because they were all I soundtracks. Think so. I thought that's what best original song is for to that's, yeah to celebrate those the amazing soundtracks. soundtracks. Both of them. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like honestly, like the instruments were awesome during the music, but like I don't think it's a score. Agree to disagree. I'm gonna look up score versus soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I know Shape of Water won the Golden Globe for best original score. Oh really? Yeah. So I think it's the favorite right now. That's weird. I don't even remember the music. I don't even remember the music in that movie either, honestly. Like, I started listening to it on YouTube, and I was like, I mean... Where was this? Yeah, it was cool. (laughs) Okay, here's the definition of a film score, and I think I haven't figured out what's the difference between that and a soundtrack, but I think it answers your question you posed earlier, Christian. A film score is the music composed specifically for the movie to serve and enhance the story. Hmm. So it does hmm. both. Yeah, so okay. I think it's I don't think it should be taken on its own. Okay. No. That's a good point. Like the collaborative effort of the actual different artistic pieces mm. matter in terms of like evaluating mm. them on their own. Yeah, especially because yeah, film is such a highly collaborative phenomenon. Yeah. I think you do need to It's amazing yeah. how all of it works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all these are best production design. Uh, can we talk about costume design and how that also doesn't include The Greatest Showman? Well, yeah, actually. It's going to go to Phantom Thread. I because, agree with that. Because that entire movie yes. is about fashion. Oh, yeah. really? I thought Phantom Thread was going to win, but I expected Greatest Showman to be nominated. Okay, so the nominees for best costume design, Beauty and the Beast, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, Shape of Water, and Victoria and Abdul. I've never heard of that movie. No. It looks really pretty, though. Does it really? Yeah, I, I was looking at some photos there, and I... I think that one was really pretty mm. too. Could it go against Shape of um, Water for Phantom best Phantom? costume design? Probably. I mean, they had like the cleaning, like the cleaning, the cleaning lady. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I can grab that at Walmart. <laughs> I mean, I thought the costumes in Greatest Showman were. I mean, they're meant. They're meant to be shown off. They're they they're were performers. Spectacular. Yeah, I they were beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah snubbed there. I wonder why Beauty and the Beast. I guess it was fine, but you only had. But, I mean, it was I just mean, 1800s France. Yeah. And most of the things were animated, right? I think yeah. Dunkirk's yeah. an odd choice, too. Dunkirk they just isn't. Had, like, the uni- oh, wait. They just had the uniforms, Darkest Hour. They? Oh, Darkest Hour. Yeah. My bad. I guess Darkest Hour is fine because yeah, it's, it's fine. World War II, yeah. I think. What, yeah. Whenever that was. Winston Churchill. Yeah. I mean, it's fine, but <laughs> come on. Are there any other categories you guys want to talk about? production design i think it's going to go to shape of water oh, oh yeah. really because guillermo del toro say what you want about his films but they all have incredible production design mm-hmm. blade runner is in this category too though oh oh wait <laughs> so it's beauty and the beast blade runner 2049 darkest hour dunkirk and shape of water okay but beauty and the Ooh. beast should be taken out <laughs> it's yeah because CGI. that was cgi that it's was a cgi, CGI castle CGI, green screen all of that but i guess that does i think they put that yeah in. like uh, it shouldn't count for costume design because those are completely different departments but i think at yeah just i can the agree way with things that. are going i think they put cgi cgi should, into the yeah mm-hmm. if you say that about being the beast and you can't really say that about i mean you have to say the same thing with blade runner 2049 yeah, as yeah. well and the only thing that would be like viable would be Darkest Sour, Dunkirk, and Shape of Water because they were all on location yeah. filming. So, I mean, it's just matter with the times. To wrap about the Oscar nominations, actually, let's just end it with this. Who do you want to win Best Picture and who do you think is going to win Best Picture? Actually, we've already talked about who's going to win Best Picture. Let's just go with <laughs> who you want to win Best Picture. I mean, I want Lady Bird or Call Me By Your Name to win, but it's probably mm. going to be three billboards. Josh? Well, you haven't seen it. I haven't seen any of them, and so I deem not to vote. How about you, Maddie? <laughs> um, I think call call me by my name. Your name. Your name. Your name. Hmm. What do you guys think of... I always get that confused. <laughs> what about you, Christian? Lady Bird won everything. Um, <laughs> what do you think of the Oscars as a whole? Like, I've, I've read a lot of, like, pretentious posts about how, like... The Oscars are just merely a form of advertisement for these dramatic movies. I think it's funny it that be. now people who are against the Oscars are the pretentious ones. Yes. And it's not the, <laughs> that you you said it's pretentious to say the Oscars are okay. marketing and not the Oscars are pretentious. I just think that's funny to point oh. out. Not that necessarily one is more pretentious Rolls than the other. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it just feels like to me that the Oscars kind of give a gauge of social commentary of the times i agree i consider it more like the most popular movie of yeah the year. i don't think it's the most popular okay, not popular movie but well, like, not like indicative of 
not I necessarily don't high art. The themes uh, in our society, what themes we're drawn to. Okay, and yeah, that's what I. Think. I'd say like popular from like a social standpoint. So like, well, yeah, Force Awakens was like the most popular box office wise in terms of how many seats it sold in 2015. I think that Spotlight was like it drew more discussion it was more interesting to talk about mm-hmm. so that's why i consider it more like most popular yeah. you know mm-hmm. like one thing i think about is that back in 2005 right crash won best picture over brokeback mountain mm-hmm. and brokeback mountain is about gay cowboys right i think like during that time period like we've made strides in like homosexuality and other different forms of sexuality and the fact that like 11 years later, 12 years later, Moonlight wins Best Picture and it's about a homosexual man. I don't think the main point of the movie was about homosexuality, Mm -hmm. but the fact that a movie with that kind of subject matter does win Best Picture, it does like show it. It does show a change over time. Yeah, uh, I would never have expected Moonlight to be nominated like Mm -hmm. a decade ago. Yeah. And And Moonlight would have, referring back to what you said with Brokeback Mountain, it would have been like taboo. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the fact that Brokeback Mountain was nominated that year was noteworthy. Mm-hmm. And again, like this year, Get Out and Shape of Water are nominated. I think those are being, noteworthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's always picks that we disagree with. Yeah. And of like course. sometimes something wins and you disagree with it. Mm-hmm. Like just, how Oliver beat 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> or I don't think, has Kubrick ever been? No- uh, there's like this, like, you never won Best Picture. Yeah. Or something like that. Like one famous director has never gotten nominated for I, I don't know maybe i'm just talking out of my i mean butt, kubrick but. hitchcock yeah they never won best yeah. director you know yes but hitchcock everybody knows hitchcock is good exactly that's I why the, the oscars aren't that important no. i mean it's a nice it's a fun event where yeah, yeah. people in the industry get to pick what they like the most yeah and but like it shouldn't be the end all be all no. of what the best of, of the year yes. is I agree with that. And that's, I feel like that's a really good way to, it's not an end all be all. It's just <laughs> speaking of the times. Yeah. Well, this was a fun, this was a fun show guys. Yeah. Um, I would like to shout out to uh, Papa Toscano. <laughs> he is noted of being an avid listener of the Kinetic Picture Podcast. Shout Thanks, out to Dad. you. <laughs> <laughs> Papa, I made it. God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the support. Whoever else is listening. Let us know so that we can shout you out on the podcast too. Yeah. Uh, Maddie, we shouted her out and then she ends up on the podcast. Yes. Who knows what's going to happen next? <laughs> I used to listen to them. Now I'm on them. <laughs> and I mean, until next time. Right. Next week, guys. <laughs> this is the crew signing out. See you. Peace. Bye. <laughs>